Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kalen DeBoer is the new head coach at the University of Alabama, and we got to talk about it. What's up, kid folk? It's RJ Young. I am not on a step mill. Thank you for watching on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, or listening wherever you get your podcast. Today, we have to react to the news that Kalen DeBoer will succeed Nick Saban as the next head coach at the University of Alabama. And this is monster news in our world. One, because... Nick Saban dropped a bomb just a couple of days ago that he will retire as the head coach at Alabama. But in interviews that he gave, he didn't make it seem as if he was going to go away from football. And he made it very clear to say, hey, there's nothing wrong with me physically. There's nothing wrong with Miss Terry, his wife, physically. I just could not continue to tell people that I was recruiting to the staff to play for me that I was going to keep doing this job through their tenure as he is 72 years old. And I would like to commend him for just not lying to anybody. And he frankly, said this last season took a lot more out of him than it had in previous years. And I could see how, right? He had a bench starting quarterback. He got a 10-point loss to Texas at home. You come all the way back from that to win the SEC championship against a really great Georgia football team, and you fall in overtime and three yards short of playing for another national championship, which would have been his eighth. But Nick Saban will just have to live with having seven, making him the greatest football coach who has ever lived. Now, I don't know who would want to succeed him. And that was really the question to ask. And we got to find out just how many guys did not want to take that chair on the way to Kalen DeBoer. Dan Lanning came out pretty quick as it was very clear that he was high on that priority list, maybe number one in Oregon, that he's staying at Oregon. And then we learn a little bit later on that, no, they're not going to make a swipe at Dabo. They're not going to make a swipe at Lane. They did make a swipe at Mike Norvell, who was since on Friday morning come up with an eight-year contract that's going to pay him an average of $10 million. And that kind of sort of left us with what we thought might be the next and last candidate we know about on the list that Bama was seeking in Kalen DeBoer. So Kalen DeBoer walking into this spot means that that man has a tremendous amount of self-confidence because I believe that this job could only go to two kinds of men. One would have to be very young, like Tommy Reese, who's 31 years old and was tapped by Saban as a wonderkin to be his offensive coordinator and did yeoman's work last year. He probably wins a Broyles war in a year where Sharon Moore does not exist and Phil Parker does not exist. But it's also a guy who's young enough to would like to know that Nick Saban is keeping his office above him, and he is, and would probably make himself as available to the program as is wanted because he wants to be around. And Tommy would be learning how to be a head coach beneath what is the greatest football coach who has ever lived. But that's not the way they chose to go. The way they chose to go was with a 49-year-old man who has been winning football games since he started becoming a head coach all the way back at NAIA 
Sioux Falls. Now, I think it's important to raise this. It's not just that Kalen DeBoer has created a Heisman finalist in Michael Penix Jr. or All-American in Romo Dunzi. It's that he has been a huge culture figure. He has been the guy who has brought his culture from Sioux Falls to Eastern Michigan, to Indiana, to Fresno State, and now to Washington and now to Alabama. Now, it's also been about continuity because he has been able to keep his guys on staff at a time when that's really difficult to do. As a matter of fact, he goes all the way back with co-defense coordinator Chuck Morrell when they were both at Sioux Falls as Kalen DeBoer was an assistant baseball coach while being an assistant on the football team. And Chuck Morrell worked admissions at Sioux Falls and not admissions for athletics, admissions for the entire school. So you had your defensive coordinator also handling admissions for the school, but also having a direct line of financial aid to help you get players in. And they were able to build a power in Sioux Falls around local kids and a few transfers. And it's also a man that has shown himself to be able to win, not just throwing the football, but running the football. And he has taken lessons from almost everybody. One of the things that I really loved about his story is he's had to do more with less. And he has made that a part of his identity. So when he was a young coach at Sioux Falls, he would watch Chris Peterson's Boise State teams. Uh, he would watch Josh Heupel's Oklahoma teams. And he would try to figure out what they were doing with a window dressing to make their same plays just look different because he did not have time to install all the plays he might want to because at one point, he was the only full-time coach on his staff. Matter of fact, at one point in his career, while they're winning football games, his assistants are made of contract laborers, admissions officers, and guys that want to be cops. Some of those guys have stayed with him like Chuck Morrell, right? So it's taken all kinds. And he's been able to keep the continuity and the culture of his place one that everybody wants to be a part of once they get there, and people don't really want to leave. They don't really have a whole lot of folks going into the portal. I think hiring a guy like Kalen DeBoer at Tuscaloosa is going to help you keep the roster very much intact, especially if this gets the seal of approval from one Nick Saban. But Nick Saban is really, I think, one of the leaders behind this search because he would want a heavy hand, I think, and who's going to take over this 17-year legacy that he is leaving Alabama that includes those six national championships. But it also means that Kalen DeBoer is very secure in having a guy like Nick Saban around, right? And he's had to be because he came out the mud. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is one of these stories that we will tell for a very long time about a guy who has somehow come to be 104 and 13 in his overall coaching record, and remembers his losses. Like his first loss as a head coach, was, uh, after, yes, at, in his first year, 2005 Carroll College, they lost 55-0 in the semifinals in a game that was wet and they were just ill-prepared for. Then lost another game and didn't lose another one for four years, mostly because he would change the offense to suit his players. If they needed to run the football more, they would. If they needed to go tempo, they would. You've seen them huddle. You've seen them go fast. He's trying to do everything possible to win football games, and that's a guy after Nick Saban's own heart. Nick Saban, a guy who loves to run the football and a guy who loves to play smash-mouth, three-four odd-front defense. He will change as is necessary. When Johnny Manziel just danced all over Alabama, you saw Nick Saban say, okay, I got to get one of those quarterbacks. And when the game became one that was offensive and the RPOs are becoming – out of control with linemen moving downfield, he's asking, is this what we game, want the game to be? And yet he changes because that's what it takes to win. I think that's what you're getting in a guy like Kalen DeBoer. One other thing that I really love about Kalen DeBoer in this is he is severely understated. Like this man, I would like him to be just a little bit more cocky, but I understand that ain't his get down. 
because when I first met him, we actually had uh, an exchange where he did not hear what I had to say. I have a tendency to speak fast, as you very well know. And he leaned forward and said, what, wait, what? And slowed me down and said, can we start again, right? I'm new here, let me know. And we did. And ever since, had nothing but good interactions with that man, like many other people. It's really hard to find somebody who does not think the world of Kalen DeBoer after working with him, but also the guys that work with him don't tend to go anywhere, which is why I kind of think it's going to be interesting what his staff looks like. You'll know, if you listen to this show, that Nick Saban tried to hire away Washington offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb, right, who had come all the way from Sioux Falls with Kalen DeBoer. Now, if you're looking at a list of guys that might be able to take over the job at Washington, this is where I tell you what this means to Washington. You want to try to keep Ryan Grubb. You just made an offer to Kalen DeBoer that he turned down that was worth $9 million in seven, uh, over seven years annually, right? That's what he was going to make, about $9 mil annually over seven years. Couldn't match that, couldn't match Alabama. Okay. If you're going to give that to a dude that you know and knows your program and loves your program, Ryan Grubb might be at the top of your list on guys that you go seek to take that job. It's also going to be a really interesting year for Washington because they go from being a favorite to win the Big Ten title to I just don't know. Nobody will know because we don't know who the head coach is. But as we continue to look around, I think if Ryan Grubb decides to follow Kalen DeBoer to Alabama, and I don't know why he wouldn't except perhaps he thinks it's time for him to be a head coach or like what Jeff Tedford did for Kalen DeBoer, Kalen DeBoer goes to the brass at Washington and says, no, this needs to be your guy. This is the guy that is going to take you where you want to go. And I think Kalen DeBoer's word will go a long way with that. So top of my list there, number one would be one Ryan Grubb. And then you get to play a little bit with what you want to do. Like there's a lot of interesting candidates out there because I think this is a job where you're not going to hire away another head coach. I think what you're going to do is hire an up-and-coming coordinator. So next on the list for me, keep an offensive theme, would be Oregon offensive coordinator Will Stein, who made his bones at UTSA coaching for Jeff Trailer, And all he has done is put out offenses that absolutely go to work on people. You saw what Bo Nix was capable of doing last year. You saw what Bucky Irving was capable of doing last year. You've seen what Tez Johnson can do. You've seen what Troy Franklin did. I think that you could look just over in the next state and go get your next head coach who's a young guy who really wants to prove himself and is going to put out an exciting product that is going to get Husky fans to show back up in Seattle as you venture into the Big Ten. Again, keeping with this offensive theme and keeping with this theme of young guys, I would not be surprised to find out that, one, Garrett Riley gets a look on this. I know that Clemson wasn't great, but you understand what he was able to do at Texas Christian. You also understand his offense looks a lot like the one that his brother Lincoln runs at USC. You want to give people something to be excited about. You want to know that they're going to be able to recruit a quarterback. You want to know that they're going to be able to develop skilled players. I think Garrett Riley would merit at least an interview on this. I think that he could end up being that guy. I also think outgoing offensive coordinator at Alabama, maybe, we'll see. Tommy Reese could be a guy that you look for at number four. I like Tommy. I like Tommy more than I liked him at Notre Dame. I like him because he found out what made Jalen Milrow great, and then he built the offense around that. That is what it takes for an offensive mind. It's not what scheme you want to run. It's what your players can run. It's what your players do well. At 31 years old, 30, turning 32 in May, another young and up-and-coming guy. I understand that Tommy's going to be in high demand as an offensive coordinator. There's still an opening at LSU for Brian Kelly. We'll see what happens there. Maybe that's the move. But I think that Tommy Reese is going to get more opportunities. It's just, is he going to get this Washington opportunity? Because, frankly, 
I'm not, I'm not sure that you're going to do a whole lot better if you get past Will Stein or you get past Ryan Grubb, but there is one name that I do want to throw at you that I think is interesting. Not really ties to Washington, but ties to the Big Ten. It's defensive coordinator Jim Leonard, or I should say former Wisconsin defensive coordinator Jim Leonard. I've always thought that Jim Leonard was an outstanding coach. I think many people think that Jim Leonard is an outstanding coach. I understand his dream job is to be the head coach at Wisconsin, and he got to do that on an interim basis and perhaps went out on a sour note. But the longer that guy stays out, the more I kind of think he's looking for the right opportunity. And Washington heading into the Big Ten, Washington coming off of a national title appearance, Washington prepared to back their guy to the wall. I mean, they entered into a deal where they're not going to make much money in the Big Ten because they know that they're going to be able to make more money on the back end with this. I think that's a guy that you go take a swing at and you take a look at, see if he fits your culture, fits what you do at Washington, and then you just make it do what it do there, right? So those are five names that I think we could take a look at when we talk about who could be the next head coach at Washington, but nobody's going to be able to replicate what Kalen DeBoer did. I don't expect anybody to do that. That's too high a bar. That said, I don't expect Kalen DeBoer to replicate what Nick Saban did because Nick Saban is the greatest of all time, and you are taking over a spot that does not have any patience with losing. Alabama's a lot of things, but they will not be associated with losing for very long. They will send you packing, and they'll find somebody else to lose for them until they can find a guy like Nick Saban, right? I also think part of the DNA is recruiting people, right? And that's what Saban has done better than anybody else. Matter of fact, I think Ms. Terry nails this when she says if he was not a head coach, he'd be selling cars. He'd own a car dealership because that's what he loves to do. That's what he's good at. Matter of fact, when he took the job, at Alabama, famous anecdote, he told Mal Moore, who was the athletic director at Bama at the time, look, you hired a really bad football coach, but nobody is going to out-recruit me. And that has been true since the day he stepped foot in Tuscaloosa. He's going to expect the next head coach to do just that. You are going to be on planes. You are going to be in living rooms. You are going to go get 25 first-round draft picks, and you're going to get them all to sign at Alabama through the portal, through high school, whatever means is necessary to get Alabama back to the mountaintop because that is what the, uh, the Crimson Tide are chasing. They 100% want to be a national title winner again. I think they got a good guy in Kalen DeBoer. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of the Emergency Pod for the number one college football show. My thanks as always to our lead producer, Tyler Wojak, our executive producer, Catherine Cat uh, Cordaggi. I'm still, I'm still getting there, Kat. I, I promise I'm still getting there. Javion Duncan produces us socially. We got Kiara Santana doing the production assistance. And I'll be here next Tuesday live, 6 o'clock Central Time? Yeah, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. We'll see y'all then. Deuces.